This is Down the Hall Podcast with your hosts, Chet Jobert. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer Garden. Beer Garden was pretty spot <laughs> That was pretty good. No, he definitely got that. Well, welcome into another week of Down the Hall Podcast, ready to bring you another movie of the week to help you take back your movie night because Rodney, the average person, wastes 115 hours every year just looking for a movie to watch. Uh, I am here with Rodney and Lyndon, and so Lyndon, I I do have a question for you. Uh, If you had 115 extra hours, I'm sure you could find a lot of productive things to do with it, but tonight, I must ask you to take at least like a minute and explain to me, what is this tattoo that I saw on Facebook? It's a, <laughs> a tattoo on my, keep it family friendly, my right bum cheek. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say anus. <laughs> Do you have a right and left anus? <laughs> I think just one. Randy does. Maybe right, right center. I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. Yeah, well, but yeah. And in no way do I regret it. It's from my days at uh, university. It has the rugby club. Rugby is sport Americans can't handle. Uh, it's too oh, tough. I disagree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's from playing my uh, my rugby university team. The team symbol was a griffin. So I've got a griffin holding a pint, pint glass and a rugby ball. And one of my mates has it on his left bum cheek. So when we get together, we have a nice photo of the matching tattoos. Yeah, and I, I saw that nice photo on Facebook last nice. week. I believe you <clears> mean it's a Gryffindor. Well, I understand Go. why like, it's a Griffin. I'm just confused as to why you chose Meg Griffin of all the Griffins. <laughs> Ooh, good one. Did you play uh, rugby? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. I, I, yeah, I yeah. Who's asking? Fact. Yeah, this is a new fact. I, I, it wasn't it wasn't confrontational though. It sounded it. It was just more of a question. Why would I get a tattoo of the rugby club <laughs> if I just went and watched them? You never get confrontational with a rugby player, Rodney. Rule number one. I definitely know there are a lot of people who in in the United States, uh, and we say college here, not university. So that's just one thing that you you're gonna have to you know. Uh, we'll clean up in editing, but um, <laughs> they would get tattoos of their college team, even if they didn't play. So I was just curious. I know. I definitely played. I'm curious how you were able to squeeze in all that rugby playing along with your Quidditch schedule. Uh, I wondered when that was coming in. <laughs> <laughs> These are all jokes that we scripted everyone. The fact- so <laughs> enjoy them. <laughs> the thing is, I think we made these same jokes on a like a show meeting last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lyndon's hearing him now for the second time. Yeah. But I'm sure it's only the second time in his life. Never yeah. any other times. And just any other time he has to interact with idiot Americans. <laughs> That's right. Well, the tattoo only comes out for public viewings every couple of years. So it's, it'll be away now for a while. It's like a comet. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Got to catch it at the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mark of true friendship is the ability to, uh, to make fun of each other in my book. So here we are. <laughs> Lyndon's a good sport. <laughs> I actually do think that's kind of cool, though, that he played rugby. We didn't know that he played it. That. He played it for his university. And when, when you're in town, played, London, I'll, I'll let's play. Let's play some rugby. No, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll teach you a thing or two. Oh, that'd, that'd be great. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. So uh, a scrub down. Yeah, <laughs> a scrub down. Scrum. Oh, right. And then yeah, nice little ruck. That'd be lovely. Uh, 
Not a scrub down. Not a scrub down. Okay. I don't want to be involved in the scrub down. That's very different. Yeah. I mean, he could do that too. He's a medical professional, but you don't want that. No scrub downs. (laughs) I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. I'm psyched. And here we go. As we said last week, one of the big uh, films of 2018 will be Avengers Infinity War. So we are on the path to Avengers Infinity War, where we can watch a Marvel Cinematic Universe film one a week. Uh, so last week we watched The Incredible Hulk, and Rodney's going to give us our, his uh, one-sentence review. Wasn't as good as the first time I saw Eric Bana uh, play this. So oh, it, I watched the wrong. It was Hulk. Edward Norton. Oh no, I was I was doing that on purpose. I didn't know Uh-oh. if you guys would find that funny, but it didn't sound like. <laughs> so did you, I get all the way through it? <laughs> what you're saying is you didn't watch the one with uh, Ed Norton. No, I already told I I saw this one probably way before both of you. I saw this in theaters. Eric Bana. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're meant to watch it week by week. No, I know, one. I know, but I'm saying that I know I watched the correct one because I watched it many many years ago. Okay, moving on. Uh, Chet, what was your score out of 10 for The Incredible Hulk? At the time, uh, probably more than it is now, because compared to all the rest of the movies, I think it it uh, probably is in the lower third of Agreed. Avengers movies. So I would say uh, a good 6 out of 10. Um, I think 6 out of 10 is fair, yeah. It's like the forgotten one of the franchise, yeah. but I do think it's necessary. It's the first one where we start to get the idea of like, oh, they're, they're, they're doing something here, because at the end... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man comes into the movie, and it was kind of like that was how how they announced like we're gonna we're gonna tie all of these together, and so that was I think uh, an important movie. I think it's one that gets easily looked over. Yeah, it mm. does remind you how good Mark Ruffalo is as well. Okay. Yes, I gave it a five, <laughs> but uh, I guess I watched the wrong one. And I yeah. will also say, yeah, it's an important one because basically of all the Avengers, he's really the only Avenger. Hulk does all the work. <laughs> Okay, okay. so next week we have Iron Man 2, and I'm sure Rodney will have some interesting thoughts on that. All right, so basic details for our movie of the week, which was Mudbound, which came out in 2017. Um, It's a two-hour and 14-minute movie. It's rated R, it's a drama, and I think it's probably one of the... uh, the riskier ones that we've picked so far. It's a Netflix original with Garrett Hedlund, uh, Carrie Mulligan, Jason Clark, directed by Dee Reese. Um, and I would say it's it's probably our riskiest one because it's it's a longer movie. And it's also probably, you know, just, you know, maybe a slower paced movie than we, we typically recommend. But um, I'll turn it over to you, Chet, to tell us uh, what's what is this movie all about? Yeah, sure. I agree. It's, uh, it's, it is a risk, I think, for us as a show to do. Um, it's called Mudbound, as you said, Rodney. I, I liked it a lot. And, you know, we'll get into what we gave, uh, what ratings we gave to this film. But it's essentially the story of, uh, you know, two families, uh, two stories of two families intersecting and kind of also told in a parallel form, uh, set in just before, during, and right after World War II in Mississippi. And what it is, is you have one family that's African-American, one family that is white living in the same uh, area in a very deeply racist, uh, you know, South. Two of the main characters, one is, um, you know, a brother who's who's in the, the, the family is, a, you know, white male in Mississippi has gone overseas and served in World War II. And then the other is uh, the son of uh, an African-Amer- African-American man who also has gone overseas and served. And the experiences that they have over, um, you know, fighting in World War II 
it's like an entire different world and racism, not that it probably didn't exist over there as well, but it's just different because over there, uh, you know, when the African-American male was fighting for his country, um, he had gained sort of these different accomplishments and respect and honor. And when he comes home, he's thrust right back into this extremely racist culture where he's now looked at as a, you know, second class citizen at best. And so there's that tension throughout this movie. It's, it's this ongoing story of these two families who, like I said, have parallel stories, but also intersect. Um, and I think that what you have is, a really great performance by a lot of actors that you'd most likely recognize and have seen in other things. Really interesting and emotional dialogue. Um, it is, it does slow down, uh, at, at times. Um, it's not a short film, but I do think it's one that I, I am excited to recommend because it's a Netflix original, which I think is a huge step up for them from some of the ones they've done before. Because this is the first one that I've heard of that they've done that is being tossed around, you know, in the conversation around Best Picture or different people no nominated for different things now that we're in award season. So all that to say, you have, uh, you know, a movie that is accessible to you, I think is worth the viewing. It is a movie that is a really rich story. I think an honest take on what is an unfortunate aspect of our, of our country's history. Um, and, uh, and really from the perspective of what it would look like to come back from world, world war II and be put right back into that. Um, so I, I do think it's worth your movie night. Uh, and we will use parts of this episode to, to lighten it up a little bit, to laugh because you're going to want to watch something fun or funny after, after seeing this. And, yeah. you know, guys, I know I got a little long winded there, but if you have anything you want to add, please feel free. So a few quick things I'll throw in some people that I didn't mention in that, that, uh, acting list. So there's basically two characters, Garrett Hedlund and Jason Mitchell, who go off to war, uh, at the beginning. Obviously one is, uh, a, you know, a white, white guy and another one is a black guy you know what you then find is that you know a, rela a relationship bonds between um both of the the guys who had gone off to war and served together and you know in a way that it makes a lot of people around them uncomfortable right because i think you know there's a you know a lot of people who are disapproving um you know the the white society is not approving of him being friends uh with an african-american and so i think that that relationship is really interesting to watch throughout and and one of the more kind of captivating i think if there's any kind of tension that you you really find throughout um there's some with the family but there's also a ton through that relationship that you're trying to figure out like oh how is this ultimately going to play out what's great about what we're trying to do with the podcast is recommending a different genre all the time and i think this is maybe a genre we haven't gone into too much which is like a heavy drama this fits in with it deserves any award buzz it's getting and it fits in with the kind of award season kind of heavy and and worthy films and i think how you how you judge a film is how it sits with you after you've watched it and this is a film you're thinking about for a long time there's some imagery and some some scenes that you will never forget after seeing this film and it, like you said it the pace does slow down and you are slogging through the mud through yeah. some of the film but uh, it is it is worth it. I'm, I'm not sure it's a film you'll ever watch twice because I think that initial impact will never be quite as much if you know what's coming. But it is a film that sits with you a long time after watching it. I think the idea that it's it's one you probably wouldn't watch twice, I agree with. But I also think don't let that deter you because universally yeah. there are movies that 
people probably don't race to watch twice that mm-hmm. we all agree are great films like Schindler's List. You know, not that I'm going to sit here and say this is Schindler's List. Maybe, maybe it is, but I'm saying those are movies that people have, you know, loved or that movie in particular yet find hard to maybe consume more times than just mm-hmm. the ones. And this film is similar how it sits with you for such a long time after watching it and you're thinking about it for quite a long time. Agreed. So guys, why don't we transition to uh, what we've given this movie on a scale from one to 10. Rodney, why don't you lead us off? Uh, yeah. So I gave it a nine. I, I deeply connected with, with the characters um, and, and the story. And so it was one that I almost didn't care how slow uh, it felt at times because, you know, to me, I was fully invested in the story. So um, I thought it was really wonderfully acted and wonderfully done. Um, although it did ruin Mike from uh, Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul, I never want to see him again. He did a, he played like an awful racist grandpa way too well. <laughs> um, it's uh, an eight out of ten for me, just because I'm, I maybe watched it the wrong time of year. I watched it around the festive period. Uh, it's not <laughs> the the most uplifting film at at points, but it, I think eight out of ten is still a very high score. But it did meander a little bit and slow down a little bit too much at points for me, but still a high recommendation. Sure. Yeah. I actually am right in line with Rodney nine out of 10. I won't, you know, drag on more beyond that. I, I I've shared a lot of opinions on, on the movie already, but yeah, squarely a nine out of 10. And I, I felt that from probably only getting halfway through it at the time, I, I knew uh, that it was going to be that high. So uh, Rodney, what did the IMDb community give it or right now? What's it resting at? It's resting right now at a 7.5. Yeah, which which obviously is very high. You know, it's very we, high. We've talked about this and you know, once I see a movie north of a 7 on IMDb, I think that's like that's a hard score to always always get. Oh, yeah, really yeah. hard. And I, and I do think you're right. I feel like Netflix has done an incredible job with shows and maybe this might be one of the first I'm sure someone's going to write in immediately after this and we're forgetting some obvious ones, but one of the first, um, one of the first really great movies or Netflix original movies. What to, to win or be nominated or. Yeah. I feel like a lot of their shows Mm -hmm. have been considered, you know, have been really well regarded, but, um, but, uh, anyway, in terms of well-regarded, um, why don't we talk about the people who are well-regarded when it comes to rating movies? Hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. I like you a lot. So the uh, Rotten Tomato score is a 96%. So that means only 4% of all critics gave it a below average score. So critics, by and large, all think this is a really good movie. Wow. Yeah. I mean, even though it's it's sad and a hard, you know, I guess a hard movie to, to watch, that's where I think we feel really confident recommending it this week. Is a 7.5 on IMDb and a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Lyndon, you have the best and worst reviews up, right? Uh, yep. Uh, so we'll start at the bottom. The worst review is the rap. Um, it's powerful moments are too often swamped, get it? Mm-hmm. By melodrama that undercuts the director's skills as a storyteller. Mm. Uh, what is that? Like just the idea that it's, it gets uh overly too melodramatic too yeah. yeah like i get that yeah it does i mean like that's i feel like usually we have a review that's kind of annoyingly um Worded. i don't know yeah just it just annoyingly critical but i feel like that's uh that's fair 
do you think that's i don't think that's fair i think criticizing the director's skills as a storyteller is one of the things i, I do disagree with i think the storytelling was almost uh, perfect in this film but i feel the like they allow things to build oh really see i feel like i guess when the way that i'm reading it is that they're saying it undercuts the director's skills as a storyteller like that they're they it's know that the director has skills and that the melodrama undercuts it you know like nunchuck skills bow hunting skills computer hacking skills girls only want boyfriends who have great skills so the best review comes from time uh that says Mitchell, who was so marvellous as Easy e in the 2015 Straight Out Compton, is superb here. As a young man struggling with what it means to be at home within his own heart and within his country, mudbound, tough and bittersweet, and in places painfully brutal, is all about what it really means to be an American. That last sentence is tough. I don't really even know. I feel like we should have cut it. <laughs> yeah, what it really means to be an American. I don't know. I feel I like mean, it depicts multiple American experiences. I so th- I'm yeah, trying to figure yeah. out yeah who they're saying. Well, I I do. I, well, I'll leave it at this. I'm glad that they highlighted his performance because I feel like it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't uh, realize I it was easy eat. Um, so we mentioned Mudbound as a Netflix original. And we've done a few Netflix originals previously. We've done Bright recently and Fundamentals of Caring. So I am putting together, hopefully to be released at the same time as this episode, a top 10 list of the best Netflix original films. Oh, great. That's a great idea. We also did Imperial Dreams, which... Oh, uh, yeah, of uh, course. That will be on the list, yeah. A Netflix original. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Great idea. I mean, there are some that we've avoided, we've said to avoid, but, yeah. you know, I think there's as many that we've said that we would recommend, mm-hmm. so... I feel like they, they might have come up with some movies to avoid on purpose. <laughs> I don't think Sandy Wexler was ever in anyone's mind. Oh, I think they gosh. just thought like or the do or the do over. Or like there I feel like there's some Adam Sandler ones that they're like, Well, we've got some Adam Sandler movies to make, so we might as well make them. What was the first one he did? Oh, the ridiculous six. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so bad. Well, uh, you know, I think that's a great idea, but you know, speaking of ridiculous, uh the last few weeks, we've been doing a new segment on Down the Hall podcast oh, where gosh. we've asked you, the listeners, to you know help help this show grow. Uh, we've seen growth in our in year one, year two. We identified as being the year where we would market the show, where we would really go full steam ahead. Now, knowing what we're doing and all the guests we've had, it's it's time to see this thing grow. You, the listeners, have a part to play in that which is to give us a, an iTunes review. Um, and that does boost us up different lists, makes us more accessible, more viewable uh, to people who also need their movie nights taken back. But because you don't want to hear me ask for that, we've decided to uh, to recently ask Rodney to, to do that, but in a specific character voice of the week. And this week, since we are talking about Mississippi in the South, Rodney did grow up partially in Georgia. Uh, Rodney, why don't you tell us uh, what the listeners can do to help in your best Southern drawl accent. <laughs> if you enjoy the show, oh my God, I can't, I have, a Southern accent should no, not be just, a struggle. I was trying to give you like a layup I this know, week. I know, hold on. See, I get like, this gets me all in the spot. I can't do Just try it. It's supposed to be funny. And think we're fun. There you go. Do it. If you enjoy the sh- Yeah. If you enjoy the show and think we're fun... Please go and give us an iTunes rating. We will love you forever, or at least until Rodney ever forgets it happened. Y'all come back now, please. 
Well done. <laughs> yeah. Well done. There was a spotty moment in there. There you go. <laughs> wow. We finally found something you can do. Yeah. There's That's one. Great. That's great. So, uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Rodney, for that. And, yeah, you truly can help the show by, by doing that. And, uh, and Rodney said something last week that if you do that, this segment will end. I'm going to promise you it won't. <laughs> so please do that, and we'll keep doing this segment anyway. <laughs> There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. All right, so as we were talking now, just now about uh, the Netflix originals, we've had some that we thought were worth your, your movie night that we've done. We've had others that we said were... Uh, ones to avoid each week, we will bring you one to avoid so you can, um, you know, more easily sift through all the options out there for you. Uh, this one to avoid this week is kind of hits close to home. This is a movie called The Giver. It is on Netflix. It's not a Netflix original, but uh, it's accessible to you now. I have seen it on different lists as in terms of like, you know, movies that, that you should give a try. I'm telling you right now to avoid it. This was one that I grew up, it was a, based off of a book um, that I liked a lot, and I think it was pretty popular when I was you know, real young, probably 10, 11 years old. It was a series of books, um, and the movie itself is, is just terrible. And this is not one of those cases where you know the book reader doesn't like the movie version. It's, it's not so much that. I think uh, if, even, if you haven't read the book, you'd watch this movie and just think, Oh, they ran out of, they didn't know what they were going to, they, they started out fine. They, I guess they didn't have a plan of how to end this movie. It was just brutal, brutal movie. Um, with a, you know, pretty recognizable cast. So I think that might, you know, catch your eye, but I would say avoid the giver. Uh, it's a complete waste of time. Um, and I can tell you, I can prove to you that it's a waste of time because instead of continuing with the series, they've already canceled any idea of making any more of them. Wait, they, they didn't know how to end it, but I thought it was a book. <laughs> Isn't it written? I don't know the story or anything, but oh, it's how, so how, weird. how would you avoid or how would you not know how to end something that was already written for you? Yeah, I mean, I tell you, it's uh, it's it's troubling. So skip on past it, Rodney. I would say you don't you don't want the answer to that question. Just yeah, avoid this. I'm saying like that's like a movie. Like if I said I'm going to make a movie about the Titanic, but I'm not sure how it ends. Like, well, it <laughs> does, certainly doesn't end with the ship safely on the other side of the ocean. You know, like anyway, sorry. So, all right, so you've been given a movie to avoid, and obviously the main focus of this episode was the movie to watch this week being Mudbound. But since that is a movie that's, yeah, I think, relatively tough uh, to to watch, you, you might want to have a, a backup plan to, to go to after the movie to make you laugh a little bit. Maybe an episode of The Office is always a classic mm-hmm. choice or you know, whatever it is you like. Uh, but for this episode, we thought it'd be fun to go through a couple would you rathers that we've thrown out there this week, and the listeners have jumped in and, and given their thoughts and their opinions. We've ran polls, so we have three specific would you rather questions that we hope you have fun with. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. All right. So the first one. So I'm thinking I, I want to hear. I, I want to hear what you guys would pick, uh, and then we'll we'll give the answer to what the listeners actually said. But the first one is: Would you rather? be in Ghostbusters meaning like not in the movie but as uh, be a Ghostbuster or be in Men in Black so in the movie Men in Black <laughs> 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 my answer is I would rather be Will Smith in Men in Black <laughs> does that count? can I say that? if it's Tommy Lee Jones I don't want to be I, I want to be young Will Smith in Men in Black <laughs> I don't want to be old Tommy Lee Jones in Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't think you quite get the question. <laughs> Lyndon, what, what do you think? 
I'm, I'm also going Men in Black just for the memory zapper thing. Seems like it would come in handy quite a lot. That would come in handy. I'm going Men in Black as well just because, like, they're dressed better. Mm. You can... <laughs> You can wear that anywhere you go. What are you gonna? Are you gonna walk into a restaurant as a Ghostbuster? Now, Lyndon, are you saying that? Like, would you do more things that you would want to have erased from people's memories, or are you just saying like you do enough now and that would come in handy? I'd probably do more things if I had the power. <laughs> Good, okay, that's what I wanted to know. Uh, let's explore that a little deeper. What are the top three things you would do? I'd, I'd have to tell you and then zap your memory. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the listeners uh, actually disagree with us. 57% said that they would rather be in Ghostbusters than uh, Men in Black. So, hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're crazy. What are we, they're perfectly... They, that, I think you have to be a little tapped in the head to be a Ghostbuster. So That's great. why we're trying to grow our audience, so that we don't just have them. <laughs> all right next one uh would you rather vacation to jurassic park or the beach where jaws lives (laughs) so i guess the implication would be you kind of do some swimming so you're not just going to sit up and and stay out of the water so would you rather vacation to jurassic park or or that beach in nantucket or is it martha's vineyard where where jaws is i'm going jurassic park if if you have to go swimming, then there's no point going to that beach. But in Jurassic Park, and I'll take I'll take a child with me because the child the children never die in the film, so I'll be fine. Mm. You know what? I just feel like I'm not a really a jungle guy, so I just feel like why would I want to? Like, what is the vacation? Just looking at the dinosaurs, or like I would. Are we going to Jurassic Park or Jurassic World? Jurassic World's a, got those cool sphere things. That could be nice. I, uh, I I'm reading Park. <laughs> I'm reading. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go to I'm, I'm gonna go to Jaws. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Jaws Beach, and uh, I'll just I'll just sit. It's official name. Yeah, I, I'm gonna just sit. On Excuse the beach. me. Is this Jaws Beach? <laughs> I'm looking for Jaws Beach. <laughs> it seems too crowded here for this to be Jaws Beach. Uh, sit in the sand, and I'll just go like ankle deep in the water. Splash myself with water. Hop out. Get back in the sun. Good, good answer. Uh, this was kind of also close to a split decision, but uh, 56% of the listeners said they'd go to Jurassic Park. And one in particular told me things to consider. Uh, at the beach, if you're sitting there, you run the risk of also a sunburn. And I thought, I don't think you understand the question either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do you all the time at the beach. <laughs> Doesn't mean that people for millennia haven't wanted to go to the beach. <laughs> millennia good use of the word you're welcome uh all right last one and this is Lyndon, the one Lyndon came up with i thought it was hysterical so saved it for last <laughs> would you rather have dumbo ears like dumbo the elephant rodney because i know you're in paraguay mm-hmm. and maybe didn't know what dumbo was mm-hmm. uh or a pinocchio nose so again let's be specific the pinocchio nose is extended like it's not like a normal nose and you can just get around it by not lying you have an extended pinocchio nose or you have Dumbo ears, like elephant ears that are oversized elephant ears flopping around. So Dumbo ears or Pinocchio nose <laughs> around. I think this is an easy one. When you think about it, Dumbo ears, you can fly. And having the Pinocchio nose, you're never going to be able to tell a lie. That's going to be tough. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. It's an extended nose that continues to grow if you lie? Well, yeah, if it's Pinocchio's nose. And I can fly with Dumbo ears? Yeah. Okay, well, so then you know, it might not be attractive uh, to the opposite sex, but at least you can fly. Like, that's got to win you some points with some people. Like, what's a Pinocchio <laughs> nose get you? 
be a hit at parties and just kind of stand there and people can play limbo. And then your nose gets bigger forever every time you lie. Then you can't even walk through it. You couldn't walk, I don't know, sideways through a door. <laughs> you couldn't turn. Like, you'd well, be like an awkward piece of furniture trying to get in and out of how, like a, a, a room. <laughs> I, too, am taking Dumbo ears because another thing to consider is uh, warmth. Like, if I'm cold and just, just kind of wrap my ears around me, like going through a blizzard. You don't get blizzards in the U.S. You get bomb cyclones. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Bombogenesis was the name, I think. Who names things like that? That's what I'm curious of. What, like, Bombogenesis. It sounds like the next Transformers movie. Yeah. The sec- the first time I saw it written, which was like three days after the storm, and because I don't really watch the news, I didn't realize that it was named that. So I just thought that someone just called it, like, was looking outside of the snow calling it Bombogenesis. And I thought, they're weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess I should tell you. Um, I, at first, I thought it was ninety-one percent in favor of Pinocchio. Uh, it's actually ninety-one percent agrees with us. D- Dumbo ears is the way to go. So people really are afraid of that extended nose that I guess would keep extending if they lied. Yeah, yeah. The nine percent who picked Pinocchio knows. I think they didn't understand the question. But they can be especially trusted, perhaps. Well, no, yeah, they're just like anybody else. Like, you, well, you don't have to guess if they're lying because it will just extend if they are. So can they be trusted? I don't know. So I was th- well, trying to think of one more. I was trying to think like, you know, we we're doing movie related would you rathers. I was thinking what would like, all right, would you rather have snakes on a plane? Alternative would be if they made a sequel called Bears on a Submarine. And so <laughs> I that's guess. That's the antithesis. Would you, or like, I don't know. I'm trying to think what would be like, what are snakes doing on a plane? What would bears be doing in a submarine? What would eagles be doing in a taxi? I have no idea. I thought that when that movie came out, it was a joke. Yeah. It turns out it was real and starring Sam Jackson. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, ask just, that would you rather with those three options. Would you rather have... Well, I'll ask you. Would you rather have snakes on a plane, bears in a submarine, or eagles in a taxi? <laughs> I feel like a snakes on a plane. Because at worst, you're talking like you got to survive that for 18 hours with a couple hundred people. So... To me, it's like snakes are going to get full. I'm going, you know, you've got this wrong. You're going bears on a submarine. You can like bears on a submarine. You can cage them in the big heavy doors in a submarine. Yes. Yes. Keep them in a little section. No, I don't think we we, can we do that. I mean, I guess you're right. That's the, but I'm saying, what else would you be trying to do that on the plane with snakes? You'd be trying to. Yeah, but it's still like an open, like you'd have to use, you'd have to use what was at your disposal, not doors. Like I can't go my into the bathroom. Well, in submarines, you have doors at your disposal. But I guess I'm saying you do submarines. You're like people go in submarines for months, right? Yeah. Okay. So you starve the bear in the in the <laughs> sanctioned off area, and then, then use the meat. Ronnie, you know what? You, you just... know what? You're not you. You're you're all dying in the submarine anyway. You're not <laughs> locking the bear. You're gonna try and shut the door on the bear, and he's gonna knock it right open, maul you to death in How one. How strong minute. is this bear? Bear. What? How strong do you think you are? <laughs> Stop it now, bear. Yeah, now we just realize. Do you know what a bear is? <laughs> we this just because you played rugby does not mean that you could take on. Oh, that's bear. what it is. Yeah. Lyndon thinks he's gonna. Lyndon's yeah. gonna do a scrub down to the bear and yeah. lock yeah. it in the room. I've got my Gryffindor tattoo. Uh, I will tackle him in a scrum. <laughs> Leave it to me, guys. <laughs> I am a griffin. <laughs> I've got this. I played Quidditch. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody's taken... Everyone knows not to take an eagle in a taxi because you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Game over. We yeah, did I... try and suggest one more would you rather, but um, 
Chet said it was too nerdy, so I'm going to test it out on Rodney. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> Rodney, would you rather be part of the First Order or Hydra? Hydra feels like a Greek god. Uh, so I guess I'll... All it would be on Hydra's team. <laughs> First Order are the, the bad guys from the new Star Wars movies. Mm. Uh, Hydra are the bad guys from the Avengers movies, kind of. One of the bad guys. Just an organization. Basically like the Illuminati. So, Oh, well, I mean, if the Illuminati were real, yeah, I would definitely take part. <laughs> you want to be definitely if, if there's if there's like four people running the world like yeah you want to be in that community all right so okay maybe hydra is the the reasonable choice yeah <laughs> hail hydra i don't think i don't want to say hail that's what you have to say that's, what that's, that's the what you have to say you, that's your choice it's really the only rule you have to do that and hate captain america which you already have done one of those things exactly yeah. well i'm already on board then <laughs> Well, thank you to all the listeners who jumped in on those conversations. You can uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook and follow those types of topics and, you know, get your voice heard. Uh, on Facebook, we're, you know, it's a relatively new thing for us, but that's a really good uh, way to get, you know, your opinion shared on the show. Twitter has been, um, you know, a steady presence for us for about a year. And if you, uh, if you follow us there, it's Down the Hall Guys, and you can follow Down the Hall Podcast on Facebook as well. Uh, but one thing we always do is give uh, our listeners a little bit of a warning, a little bit of a heads up before we transition into talking about the details of our movie of the week. Um, so that's what this is before we jump into what would be our favorite scenes of Mudbound. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, guys, what would you say are your, you know, your maybe your favorite scene or favorite character or standout scene from Mudbound? I feel like there's a lot to discuss. Um, certainly, I have scenes that come to mind that I'd hesitate to call favorite. But uh, Lyndon, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I'm going to answer unconventionally. I'm going to say the same scene, but it's shown twice. So I think it's the beginning and almost final scene of the film. So where he comes and they're burying, um, what's his face from Breaking Bad? Mike. Oh, Mike, that's, yep. his, that's Mike from Breaking Bad. What is that? His Pappy. Pappy. Yeah, Pappy. they're burying him. And then he, um, um, what's his name? Henry asks uh, Hap for help. And you don't realize what's just happened. So that's how the scene where the film opens. And then you see everything that's gone on, what he what he did to Ronsell and what has happened between the two families. And so when you see that scene again, you're seeing it from a completely different point of view. Mm -hmm. And what Hap is having to do in that scene is, is pretty gut-wrenching. Mm. So I think that was really, really clever bookend to the film. Really interesting way to kind of kick off the movie and then, you know, all come full circle at the end. Yeah. I think for me, um, you know, it's probably a pretty obvious scene, but is the, the scene where, they have Ronzel, you know, tied up and basically they have, um, you know, who he'd be, who he'd befriended. What, what were they asking him to do? To choose between cutting off his oh, tongue. Oh yeah, making him pick something. And I, I think the whole movie, I was really nervous that at some point, cause you know, he was kind of like a character that was lovable, kind of charming, but also drunk and unreliable, you know? So I was like struggling with the idea that at some point he was going to sell out Ronzel. You know, just the fact that he was still standing by him face-to-face -face with, with all of those people, to me, was one of those, like, not obviously uplifting, but at the same time, one of those moments where you at least know from his perspective that there's probably a lot of mistakes that he's made, but 
in that moment, in the most difficult moment, he's he's making he's doing something that's honorable. I think he's um, he's got the most interesting character arc as well, hasn't he? The way he goes from this, what the war does to him, and what he does to Pappy in the end, and what's his name? Uh, the character's name's Jamie, isn't it? So he's quite a like happy. <laughs> he's quite a um, like happy-go-lucky, really flirtatious kind of happy guy. He goes off to war, he's completely changed, and then he sees his what his Pappy's doing with all racism, and it it completely he's a completely different character by the end of the film yeah i think i think the scene that stood out to me the most was there was this uh there's a scene um well it's, it's set up by a different scene so there's a scene earlier in the movie where ronzel's father is like a is a pastor of of a, of a church and there's a scene where his church is meeting together in this this building and uh and you know he's he's trying to encourage them obviously each of them you know facing different different trials and He's encouraging them and, and, you know, encouraging them to look beyond their circumstances. Uh, later in the movie, after that extremely difficult, essentially lynching scene, um, we see them back together as a church and he's standing in front of them after his son has just been brutalized and he doesn't, he like can't say anything. He's just kind of staring out. And I, I just thought that was a really striking, powerful scene. Um, sometimes not saying something in a scene is, is more powerful than like, oh, what, what should he be saying here? Mm-hmm. And the answer in that moment was, well, he didn't say anything. And mm-hmm. it was just really interesting how it was conveyed. And I thought extremely real, you know, cause here is his father who, especially from the perspective of, of having to feel a certain level of responsibility by being a community's pastor. Uh, but then when you think about it, it's his own family that had been affected and, you know, he had no words to offer up. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. it was an interesting moment. Definitely. Very heavy film. You know, it's a weird, a weird tone to kind of even end, end this episode on. Yeah. We know, no, typically, it's lighthearted. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. barrel of laughs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, I mean, you know, it, but at the same time, I think there is, as Lyndon said, there's value in us kind of hopping through different genres, different feels as well, right? Um, so before exactly. we let you. Before we let you guys go, I do want to remind you, and I probably should have said this before, but that one of our favorite ways you can interact with the show is scrolling down to the bottom of our website, which is downthehallpodcast.com, where you can recommend a movie for us. And recently, uh, Ivy recommended uh, a movie that I, well, I, I almost said it, but I want to wait because we, we've all agreed that we're going to do this episode. So ding, 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 like great, like Ivy, good job. You, you've given us one that we're going to do. Uh, you'll have to wait to see what that is. We'll give her due credit when that time comes. But you can certainly do what she did, scroll to that bo- the bottom of that page and recommend a movie for us. Um, and it, like I said before, you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can follow us on Facebook. You can email us at downthehallpodcast at gmail.com. And unless I'm forgetting anything, guys, we will see you guys next week. I'll see you in the big, Arden. <laughs>